spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Telling stories about the third sector. Hello Africa and welcome to The Third Sector on Africa Business Radio, the show that brings you in-depth analysis on players in the non-profit sector, as well as putting a human face to the angels, quote-unquote, who run these organizations. My name, as always, is Kemak Onyenuchea, your host, and it's my delight knowing that I have you on the other end of your digital devices tuned in and listening today on the show we're looking at a topic which appears to be some sort of double-edged sword as far as the non-profit sector is concerned the ultimate goal of non-profit organizations is measured in the impact that projects programs and activities have on the life of humans animals the environment and whatever else the said organization is set up or seeks to serve These indices of success also take into account the measurable positive turnaround depicted as a result of these activities. And while financial or bottom line profitability is not the major focus of philanthropy, a financially depressed, disheveled and deprived situation does not a viable non-profit organization make. My guest today on The Third Sector brings her wealth of experience as a development professional with over 12 years experience in a wide array of leadership roles with key competence in organizational management, donor engagement, communication, fundraising, and human capital investment. She has worked with a team to raise over $51 million to the Global Fund to address HIV and AIDS, tuberculosis, and malaria on the African continent. She currently leads strategic operations at Donor for Africa Foundation, where social impact organizations at the grassroots level are trained to build sustainable institutions. From designing programs in women development to advocating increased financing from the private sector in Africa, to address poverty, to designing national fellowship programs for social innovators. Chidi Ezigbo Coldsweat is the lead consultant and acting CEO at Donors for Africa. In her current role as CEO Donors for Africa, Chidi has consulted with 315 nonprofits, providing training assistance to the leadership. She has raised thousands in grant funding dollars to these organizations. She also provides technical support to over 40 women-led organizations and reaches over 12,000 individuals weekly via the organization's learning platform. 
currently pursuing a leadership certificate in international organizational management from the University of Geneva with a master's degree in public administration and international affairs from the University of Lagos, Nigeria. Both my alma maters. <laughs> in 2019, she flew the Nigerian flag at the launch of the Arab African Youth Summit. She was selected by the World Bank to pitch her organization's work at the World Bank Youth Summit. In 2014, Chidi was awarded finalist at the CEO Global Africa's Most Influential Woman in Management, Business and Public Service in the Civil Society category. She was also nominated by the Chinese Embassy to participate in the three-week cultural exchange program under the Chinese Association for International Understanding. In 2013, she was selected amongst Africa's 25 most outstanding emerging women leaders under the Moremi Initiative for Leadership, My Lead, and also became a Vital Voice Lead Fellow. She continues to focus on creating long-term solutions that improve the lives of Africans through policy formulation and implementation, actively working with governments and leading organizations to implement change at the grassroots level. You are most welcome to the third sector on Africa Business Radio Chidi. Thank you so much. It's quite interesting and I'm really proud and happy that um, you have decided to be our guest today. Thank you. It's an honor. I um, also have in the studio, um, well, uh, a beneficiary of um, one of Chidi's work with Donors for Africa by name Azuka Ego Chukwelwe. She's the founder and CEO of the Trust Empowerment Foundation. You're welcome to the program, Azuka. Thank you. Wow, great women doing great things. <laughs> I couldn't be prouder to be a millennial because our generation of women are really rewriting the narrative, especially as it has to do with, you know, social sector practice. Thank you once again, Chile, for being on the show. Thank you. All right, let's. I always like to start off my show by um, giving a face to the brand, <laughs> a face to the name. Right, because um, social sector, the whole idea of practicing the social sector is a group of people who decide to do things that the ordinary human being would rather just glance over mm -hmm. or, you know, take on tasks that lesser mortals, in quotes, feel are beyond the ability of a normal human being. Mm. So can you tell us a bit about your background? First of all, your, your, your surname is Cold Sweats. Mm -hmm. Are you related to the <laughs> Nollywood legend Larry Coldsweat? Oh uh, yes, I am. He's oh my, my gosh, <laughs> he's your what? Father-in-law. Oh wow, great, great, <laughs> great! You. It's so great to Thank have you, you here. So Thank tell you. us a bit about your background and where you're coming from. Um, I've pretty much spent all my working life in the development sector. Mm. From my very first career um, at, in a women-led organization, I spent about five years. I started off as an intern, so. Then it was a small non-profit, but and, and you know the reality with small non-profits is you have to literally do everything. Mm. So I was involved in budgeting, program planning, every aspect of growing a small non-profit organization. Mm. And now where we also work to, to grow the organization to where it currently is, or back then, um, I moved on to um, a Pan-African organization called Friends of the Global Fund Africa. And while I was at Friends of the Global Fund Africa, basically my role was around communication, um, designing. So how would nonprofits who were making a difference in the sector tell their story? Mm. So that was my role for three years. I was working with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, One.org, Malaria No More. Basically, we were all crafting messages around World Health, World Health Days, um, telling our story right. Mm. Um, from there I moved on to another women organization it was supposed to be a, a regular job but they had a non-profit and nobody was manning that desk wow. so when I got there somehow my roles changed and just found you <laughs> <laughs> and just found me I said heading the organization as well you know basically um, putting in structure and that sort of um, so basically, I've been in the non-profit space all my life. Mm, nice. Yes, it's great to know. <laughs> all right. So um, I always like to ask about the personal backgrounds of my guests to put a human face to this angelic persona. 
So can you tell us a bit about your growing up years and if there mm. are any anecdotes or personal life experiences that spurred you on to the social sector where you operate now? Um, I, I think I'm pretty much a product of chance. Mm. Um, I grew up in a lo very loving home, had a very interesting background. I was a bit of a tomboy. Had, oh, wow. I, I can't preferred, see that. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I preferred, you know, hanging out with the boys, playing with the boys. I was pretty much, you know, I had a really, really fun childhood. Like, I think I did it all. And... Um, went to school my parents really wanted us to master the local language i'm an Igbo girl so okay. they wanted us to you have to learn this Igbo. and then i went on to school in abia state university because i had my first degree okay and pretty much just had fun growing up being myself in a mm. very loving home but i started getting so while i was in school i was always um so back then in school i ran for office <laughs> nice I ran for office in my second year and I think I was the youngest first female deputy speaker house of reps. So then wow. we used to have this, you know, house of reps where non, um, not non-profits, international relations department, we used mm -hmm. to come out and have all these deliberations and advocate for things for our department from the school. And I ran for that office and I did get it and I was serving as a deputy back then. So I think pretty much I've been interested in leadership, effecting change, no matter how small. So when I got out of school and I got enrolled in the, it was a skill acquisition program, was it? It was called the After School Graduate Development Program, almost like a finishing school. Mm. I think I was when I now got my, my hands a bit dirty into the whole non-profit sector. I was like, okay, this is interesting. And then I got posted to, so after the internship, after the whole training, we got sent into different organizations. And... From the interviews that were conducted to the test, kept coming out, oh, you're 90% an entrepreneur. You are. And I'm like, look, I don't know what I want to do. And the woman said, look, from what I can see, mm. why don't you just try this? And she just tossed me there. And I think that was the moment my life literally changed wow. for good. Because it was Wimby's, uh, Women in Management, Business and Public Service. And I now got first hand, like I became involved in the social work. And I got hooked. Mm. And I've been there ever since, or since, like they would rightly say. And I guess this is what I'll be doing. It's a nice, really a really nice, Chidi. It's an interesting <laughs> yes. story. Thank so you. now, speaking Thank about you. your background in politics, let me just throw this in. <laughs> <laughs> Are we expecting politics uh, in your future? Oh, I am honestly, honestly, for some weird reason, really interested in politics. Why weird? Why? Why do you call um, it a weird because reason? Because I didn't. I didn't. I knew. I was this person who loved, you know, being present or being a leader in quotes. But somehow it fizzled out until in university. And I did that one thing for like two years and I left it. And But increasingly I'm seeing that for you to effect any real change, mm. you really have to be at the seat where decisions are being made. You have mm. to be able to say, especially if you have the technical knowledge, you have to be able to say, look... Even if it has a technocrat, whatever role it is, you're you just need a you seat just at the need table. Sit at the table to be able to make certain decisions to drive that message. So yes, I do see politics in the horizon. I'm, I'm not sure what shape or form, but mm. I certainly do see. It you certainly have my vote. <laughs> <laughs> Should you run for elected position, you certainly Thank have you. my vote, and I'm sure Thank you have you. the vote of every participant Hopefully. on the third sector. Thank you. Great. Now, you. you mentioned something that I. I find quite interesting and personally because of my journey in the social space I've always taken umbrage to this um, would I call it a craze by younger millennials and generation Z's to have a vision to have passion for something and while we're not saying of, of course every human being should have something they're passionate about something that burns in their hearts but to just jump off the wagon and want, tend to run about or run around trying to make things happen. But you mentioned that you found your niche and your direct, you know, path as a social sector practitioner because you went through the mentoring program at the WIMBase. That's the Women in Management, Business and Public Service. Now I want to ask you, what impact do you feel mentoring as a whole 
has on being you know a social sector practitioner see i'm so glad you asked me this question and please as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when i was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. according to a recent indeed survey and listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com/podcast that's indeed.com/podcast terms and conditions apply what's permit me to be a bit so i've taken my teacher's voice mm. <laughs> this is my teacher's voice that's exactly why permit we're here permit me to be a bit you know honest let me say the way it is i think a lot of us are in a hurry there's nothing wrong with being in a hurry but it's better to get to a destination um well than to jump in and head out head out blindly working at winbees for the first 5 years of my life literally prepared me for this journey that I'm on mm. because consciously or unconsciously from my very first boss to sitting at board meetings with about 12 different women you know I mean, let me name some of them: Ibukwa Woshika, Mrs. Bola Deshola, Fumi Roberts, Ifeanwa Igodalo, Yewande Zakios. You know the board at Wimbies. Mm. I spent five years of my life watching them. Mm. They were chiding us directly or indirectly. They were pushing us. They were, in fact, my direct boss was demanding excellence at every point in time in our career. What's the name of your director? So she, then, she, she, Ine Abimbola. Hmm. She was demanding Whoa, excellence. Whoa, it's great you say that. That's my mentor as well. Amazing. She's one of my core Amazing. mentors. She's fantastic. She's, I She's phenomenal. I just hope I can drag her. I hope I have the muscle and you the willpower to. to drag her to this seat. You have to. So let's give a shout out to Mommy Ini. Yes, Mommy Ini Abimbola. You have to come. Yes, you have to come to, to the third show. sector because we need yes. you. Yes. <laughs> yes, you know. And There was that pruning stage where our the quality of our work was questioned. Why are you doing what you're doing? How are you doing what you're doing? And then there's a lot of on on and a lot of informal learning that goes on that you're not even aware of. Mm. So after I left him, because I felt because after <clears throat> we were there when we were just one room mm. till we were able to buy a full office, and mm. I saw like I was directly involved in ha- the in growth process. The growth process. So I guess that's why building for me right now is a lot easier. People are like, "Oh, how did you get?" To? I'm like, "Look, I've, I was doing this for five years, different roles. Mm. So naturally, now it comes to me naturally now. But you find that, you know, like you said, there's nothing wrong with being a millennial and wanting to, you know, you just want to get things done. But there is a process that you cannot skip. Mm. And I really encourage people if you can find a place that has structure, work for a year. Mm. This is, I mean, it's my opinion. You don't have to take it. Some people learn on the job and it's fine. But I tell you from my experience it's a lot easier to learn not Thank on you. the job. <laughs> I tell you Thank that you. because I'm a winger too okay. and I I think as age has matured me, I look back and see a lot of things I lack by way of structure and by way of um operational guide. Yes. Because I didn't have what you're talking about now. Yes. So there's a young person listening who is passionate about mm-hmm. the social space mm-hmm. and sees a direct problem that they want to solve. So your advice to them is what? Find an organization that's doing what you want to do, what you think you're passionate about. Serve with them for a year. Mm. Volunteer with them for a year. You might find out that look, I'm not cut out for this. I'm done. Mm. I would rather just volunteer. Mm. Or you might find out that there's actually another aspect of this work that if they do ABC, we'll take it to another level. But if you don't spend time testing out your your idea I can't say it's death on arrival and it's funny you mentioned this I'm sorry we're digressing but I think there's just a tune that someone needs to know this yes. I remember Ibuku Awoshika who's a very successful businesswoman on every ramification she said at the point she I think she did a year or a couple of years working with a particular 
industry mm -hmm. and found out ways not to do business. Exactly. So when she started her, her, you know, her business, she was able to plugging all you know the places of error she knew exactly what to avoid mm -hmm. that's great now moving on chidi let's talk a bit about donors for africa <laughs> okay which is the main the crux why you are on the show today can you give us a hint about the journey of donors to africa where you started where you've been and where you are at the moment thank you so when i um had the vision idea pool um, to go on my own. I had just lost my job after having my son, my second son. And I was doing a lot of consulting for quite a lot of organizations. So people who I had worked when I had a 9 to 5, people who I had, who had seen my work, they kept calling me, oh, do this for us, I'll do it. Implement this project, I will do this. I was just doing a lot of stuff around this work. And I said, look, I don't want to jet off and start another non-profit. I mean, we have over 10 million non-profits. Mm -hmm. And we are all clamoring for the same amount of money. We are all going to the same corporate organizations. And I didn't want to be doing any of that. And I started conducting a lot of research. And I found out that there's a huge gap, especially locally. And it's a skills gap. It's a technical expertise gap. Mm. While you're jumping up and you're running to start this organization, there is a technical skill that is required to help you thrive. And I found running an organization providing technical expertise just brought this entire thing. So I had a pre and I'm now having a privilege to literally work on the 16 SDGs. Mm. I have like every time someone approaches you with a project that has to do with infrastructure, you're going to research, you're going mm. to find out what's happening in the sector, what's the gap. And literally, it's the same principle everywhere. Mm. So it's almost like the North Africa gave me an opportunity to work on the 16 SDGs and do it with all my heart. So now I don't feel like, okay, I love children. Why am I helping these children? <laughs> I don't feel like, oh my days, I love women. How am I helping these women? Now I feel like I have an opportunity to contribute. Mm. So when you come with the women's issue, I'm so excited. When you come with the children's issue, I'm so excited. So you're like a pot puree, like a bag of everything exactly good. Everything good. Wow. It's literally the same principle that if we implement across board, even down to the level of government, the solution, the results are literally the same. Mm. So that's that's what led to the loss for Africa. All right, great. Um Chidi, I'm really excited because you. you're like um the love child of everyone in the social space like everyone wants to have a piece of you yes. and a piece of donors for Africa. Yes. Now, um 10 out of 10 social sector practitioners would always cite funding as the number one challenge encountered in bringing their vision to reality. Mm -hmm. Now, what exactly, well, you've told us about what informed your decision mm -hmm. to go into the social space, but you operate in a very unique aspect mm -hmm. of the social sector, mm -hmm. and that is funding. Mm -hmm. You help lots of organizations secure funding, and I'm sure also help donor organizations to manage funding and recommend organizations for funding. Why did you go into that unique space in the social sector? Hmm. Why? The truth is, um, a lot of organizations need help. And even while we were testing out this idea, I think we spent two years just testing out the, this whole idea. Does, who really needs this? And every year, in fact, every month, the demand kept growing. And for you to be able to run your programs, you need funds. But sadly, and this is the truth, funding is not the first thing you need. Hmm. And that was such a huge I think that was such a shock. I'm like, okay. Because if you don't do A, B will not happen. Hmm. So for you to be able to access those funds, there are certain things, a potential fund. So part of our work is to bridge the gap between a funding organization and a non-profit organization. So when we are engaging people in Tony Elimelo Foundation, you know, we're asking USAID, DFID, and we're asking all these deep technical questions. And then they'll come back and say, why would I give money to somebody who is CEO, owner, managing director of the non-profit you have sole ownership you sign the checks the way you want nobody's nobody is overseeing no, how checks, and balances. no checks and balances in the organization and that makes a lot of sense so if i run an organization and you're asking me to give you money and you can't even show me how you have managed one thousand dollars and you're asking for one million dollars of course you know there's a problem because i'm wondering do you have the capacity to manage a million dollars so we decided look before we start even discussing with any donor 
bringing before we go into all that we need to have non-profits that are actually ready Mm. And that's why we started our inner circle. We started working with organizations like Truth Foundation. We started working with so many organizations. And we look, let's take, let's start this process together. Some of us started non-profit work out of passion. I just want to make a difference. But there's a technical side to things. Making Hello. a difference is no longer enough. Mm. So now let's start from the top, from your board, down to your policies, internal policies that are available to your organization down to the vision and the mission of your organization you find an organization that say they are focused on, on children and then next tomorrow you see them they are doing something in idp camp with women they are lost literally all over the place and i'm like you need to be clear about what your organization does and who your organization serves because that would determine who or what type of programs you are designing if you don't have a clear non-profit strategy what this how would you design the right type of program if you don't have the right type of program how would you know the right funding organization sorry how would you know the right funding organization to go to to ask for money so if kemka is giving out 10 million dollars for example and you're giving it to only people who are working around children why should somebody who is working around women issues come to you for money except that person has a program that is specifically targeted at children and can show me track record so you see why it all starts with the non-profit strategy once you're clear about okay this is what we are this is who we are and this is what we are doing these are our goals then it will inform the type of programs you're designing then when you're doing your donor mapping it now determines who you are approaching for potential sponsors i feel like i'm teaching <laughs> just just take over the show i feel like i'm teaching but you know i don't know i feel like shaking people into that reality that it's a process and then you don't want to keep asking for money for a long time because every time you come to ask me for money i give you tomorrow you come i give you next tomorrow you come. one day you come and i'll tell you i'm sorry i don't have any more to give you so how can an organization start generating its own internal resources and my vision is we can get to a point where you have Rockefeller, you have the Rockefellers of Africa who are running the organizations for years. Many of the money they are getting internally, internally generated. generated. And it's possible. I say it's possible because there is this myth that because you're a non-profit organization, you're not supposed to be involved in any income generating activity that brings profit to the organization. It's hmm. a lie. By law. You are allowed to generate resources for your organization as long as you're putting the money back into your organization. So you're not sharing, um, what's it called? You're not sharing um, profits at the end of a year. That's the difference between non-profit and profit. Mm -hmm. You're not declaring profit and buying cars for your board members and your shareholders. Mm -hmm. The money you are generating is going back, back into the organization. You can earn a salary. You can pay salary. You can pay, uh, pay, you can do all of all this. But there's this myth that, oh, I'm a non-profit or, ah, why should I even charge for my programs? How do you intend to survive? Wow. Chidi, <laughs> I think we need to take a breather at this point. Because I have heard so much and you're just like doing an x-ray of all the things that's wrong with me and my organization. <laughs> I need to sign up for this masterclass, Chidi. <laughs> All right, listeners, you're still tuned in to Africa Business Radio, and this is the third sector. My name is Kemak. As usual, we're going to go on a quick musical break, and when I return, the show continues. Chidi is still here, so have no fear. I'll see you on the other side.
Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Africa, the mother of all continents. A land brimming with human, material, and natural resources. Bedeviled by challenged leadership, social economic instability, and war. <laughs> In the midst of the chaos, there exists a group of individuals and organizations working to rewrite this narrative. Nonprofits and non governmental organizations bridging the gap of human existence. Oh, 
telling stories about the third sector. Welcome back. It's still the third sector on Africa Business Radio, the show that brings you in-depth analysis about operations and the individuals who work in the non-profit sector in Africa. My name is Kemak Onyenuchea. As always, I'm your host. And on this edition of the third sector, discussing how to run profitable non-profit organizations, I have Chidi Ezebo Cold Sweats. <laughs> the acting CEO of Donors for Africa, together with one of the beneficiaries of her programs, Azuka Ego Chukwelue, the founder of the Trust Empowerment Foundation. You're welcome back, ladies. Thank you. It's great to have you still in the studio. Thank you. Whew, Chidi, <laughs> that was a roller coaster and a masterclass <laughs> rolled into one. Right. Speaking about putting the right processes and structure in place for your nonprofit. Now, going back in your line of work and experience, having raised over um, $51 million channeled towards philanthropy, what would you say are the three most important and determinant factors that make a nonprofit organization um, some sort of appealing bride? to funders and angel investors what three qualities top your list um, number one will be have a clear a clear written down non-profit strategy you must have a strategy it could be one year I, I personally like one year it could be three years it could be five years whatever works for you but okay. you must be clear sorry to cut you short can we break it down to the lowest common decimal when you say strategy, mm-hmm. what exactly does that mean? It means, um, do you can you clearly articulate what you do and how you do it? Mm. Can you um, can you tell me what your numbers are? So, how many people have benefited from your from your programs? What are the locations that your programs were implemented in? Can you tell me? Um, do you even have an online presence? Do you even, it might sound very basic, but do you even have an online presence that tells us what you're doing and how you're doing your work? The sort of programs you design, what is the rationale behind those programs? Were they well researched or I just feel like, I just want to be, you know, the Holy Spirit just told me, I just want to be, you know, I feel like, mm. or is this a product of research that, oh, in this community, oh, young girls between the ages of, 9 to 15 they get pregnant why you design a prob- problem tree and you get to the root of what the problem is is it poverty is it just lack of information is it even a culturally acceptable norm mm. so if you're not clear about which of them is the influencing factor you just come in there young girls you need to stop getting pregnant and you will preach your message and go and you won't make any difference. In fact, the government can come and pump in as many millions as they want to pump in. They won't see results. I'm sure you... you I, I don't know if you're aware of the story of the borehole and the village community where people went to put up a borehole in the middle of town because they felt pity for women who were walking one mile, two miles to go and fetch water. And nobody was using the borehole. And everybody was like... Ah, ah. How can you know we are saving you stress? And they and when they asked and finally went back to ask questions, the women told them, "Look, we work from morning till night, and going to the bo- going to the stream one mile or one kilometer away is the only time we get to be by ourselves without our mm. children, and we are gisting and catching up on the latest information." But you went to put the borehole in the center of town where our husbands sit and drink. Wow. At the market square. So when we go there, we quickly fetch our water and we go back home. And our husband can tell so when there's he no just time go, for recreation. There's no time to relax. And the organ- this is a true life incident. And the guys are like, wow, okay, we are sorry. And they moved the borehole from the middle of town to another location, not one mile away, but see far away. So this is what I'm saying. When you're designing your programs, you don't just think this is what or is best for me. Or do what you feel me. is best for the people. 
you have to know you what have actually to know pinches. what their problem is mm. you must know what their problem is before you now go ahead to design their programs so i would say number one a clear non-profit strategy is a very very important factor um, for you to be able to record any sort of success and that filters in into so many other things like board management financial policies and all of all those things um a second thing again i would say is being able to tell your story mm. so i mean you may know some organizations that may appear not to be doing a lot of fantastic work but they seem to be getting all the money they have one story they will tell that story 15 different ways i remember when we were searching for funds from one.org for a project and it was the third time we were applying for that money, $100,000 from one dot or while I belonged to another organization. And I had to go back to look at what they had asked for. They were asking for community impact. And we were telling them about how we were hosting meetings with Ban Ki-moon, how we were at the ticket wow. event in Japan, and how we were here and there, and all the high people, high flyers we were pulling together, how we were raising all this money. Meanwhile, but that's they not were what they wanted. They were looking for grassroots impact. By the time we revised our documents, we started telling them about the orphans and vulnerable children we work with, how we put together a football match to raise money or raise awareness about HIV AIDS. We we're talking about all of all those interventions at the grassroots level. We got a hundred thousand dollars wow so you see why you must be able to tell your story not how you want to tell it how the funder wants to hear it mm. what is important to the person giving you money is it your impact at the grassroots level or your impact your 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 the fact that you can influence policy so there are certain programs you apply to and they want to work with people who are in the public space people mm. who can influence policy at the government level who mm. have understanding of policy influence and all of all those conversations but you you're not at that level and then you put in all your effort to apply for programs and then you complain that you don't get accepted so i just being able to tell your story as an organization is so important and that's why when we launched our social impact um social innovators boot camp storytelling is one thing i said must be on that agenda because you can be doing all this fantastic work and nobody knows about it mm. and then another thing that um, plays a major role as to how your organization turns out eventually is even the founder of the organization mm. i mean we spoke about it earlier on before the show and we're talking about your ability to network your ability to build the right relationships some other person and you know the funniest thing is it might not be the ceo one thing i can tell you boldly while i was working at wimby's was 80 percent of the decision we made it was from recommendations we are at a meeting like this wow. and they say oh who do you know that can do this oh i know this fantastic guy got camera contact him now that's it Wow. That's how somebody takes decision on your behalf. So when you're networking, don't just be focused on when you go for a meeting, I just want the card of that person. You might be surprised it's the secretary mm. who makes the recommendations. Mm. So it's very important for us to build the right relationships. I told you, I'm leaving my laptop at home this time around. I am, wow. <laughs> I am stepping out because you want to forge the right relationships. Mm. Build, people do business with people they like. Mm. I mean, last year, we were able to receive funding from an organization that has that never funds first-time projects because of what the relationship i had i had built over time with somebody who was key within the organization and when our work was pretended we like oh sorry this is the first project we don't fund it but the person insisted that you have to and even i i ensured that even after we received that fund i gave the organization benefit like this is the reason why you gave us the, the you gave the right organization the money they got their reports they got the photos from the event we gave we we showed them how they can leverage on this opportunity globally mm. it's almost like we opened their eyes to see all the opportunities so available to them they and they were like oh we need see. to do some more work next year so number one you, you need to be clear about your non-profit strategy number two you need to be able to tell the impact of the story of organizational rights and then number three we need to get out of ourselves and meet other fantastic people in the field wow Chidi. <laughs> i wish this was like Thank a four-hour program we Thank just need you. this you know there's so much Thank like you. you said a lot of passion a lot of um intention to do good sadly those things are vital ingredients that will keep you going in the days when there's no wind to your sail. Yeah. However, they're not enough to build a sustainable yeah. organization. Yeah. All right, let me come over to you, Azuka. 
um, can you just give us a, bit, a brief introduction about yourself and your organization, the Trust Empowerment Foundation? Okay, thanks, Kamal. Um, my name is Azukaigo Chukwelewe. I'm a supply chain professional with about 20 years' experience in the industry and um, one year in the social impact space. So, <laughs> quite young there. Um, Trust Empowerment uh, Foundation is a, a women, woman and child focused um, organization, and basically, the whole idea is to um, create platforms for women to make the most out of who they are. And that's basically coming from my own personal experience. Um, being a supply chain professional, being a mother and a wife, I come from, um, so, so I understand the cultural nuances and, of course, the natural um, issues that women have that um, mitigates against their reaching the peak of wherever they are. So, I mean, I, I, going through my career, I remember how hard it was to climb, um, how sometimes uh, we have a board meeting and uh, I'm supposed to prepare the document for the MD and the directors to go in and my baby is sick, I have to work mm. from home and all of that. So... And then um, being in the supply chain space, we still have very few women there. Mm. So I remember um, um, I was lucky I had good mentors. Interestingly, my mentors were men, not wow. women. So I remember having to, um, as head of supply chain in one organization, I, was, um, I, I would say something about the port or international shipping or make a statement of fact. And um, the, leader, the, the lead, the team lead or the MD at that point in there will, will look at the men and who had power with me and tried to validate what I say. And at one point I said to him, I'm like, um, is there any reason why you validate this from the men? I exactly wow. didn't realize he was doing that. Mm. To be honest, it seemed like it was a simple question I asked, but it took a lot of guts. Oh, yes, I it was did. sweating, you know. For <laughs> you to look your leader in the eye <laughs> and, and ask that question. Yes, and that's even at the top. So you can imagine at the start, Women, um, when you look at um, 10, um, when you bring 10 people together, five men, five women in an organization, the men already know where they're going, what they want to do, who they need to <laughs> mm -hmm. compete with to get there. Mm -hmm. The women were still thinking, uh, okay, I just got married, I need to go make food at home. <laughs> yeah. I need to get home at the certain It's time. such an unfair world. It is. It is. <laughs> well, um, you could say so, but to be honest, it's just understanding what the world is all about and where um, where you played. So, mm. so for me, it's walking through that road. I feel that, um, oh, I felt rather that um, it was time to give something back. So, trust started by um, by me talking one on one to women in the office, saying, "You've been here. You've been a lawyer for ten years, and you're still at the entry level. Mm. What are you doing? What do you need to do differently? You've been post law school this long. Why are you not rising?" Mm. Looking at the other woman, saying. Oh, but you can get to the top of this section. You're missing this. You've not done your MBA. Mm. Men did this for me. Honestly, I didn't find it out myself. And so somebody came to me and said, Azuka, why don't you put a structure to this thing? Do it formally. And I said, oh, touchlight moment, oh, light bulb moment. Okay, let me make it a non-profit. And I went, registered it. I'm a business professional. Structure didn't look so hard. Went, registered it, got, you know, did all the paperwork and all that. And then somewhere along the line, I got frustrated. What you call DOA. Head on arrival. What's going on? Four months. Yes, I've registered it. This, my pro my programs make sense. But hey, nothing is nothing, happening. Nothing is happening. What's going on? Am I you know? And then I I stepped back and I had a, an interesting conversation. I'm sure she is hearing this for the first time. I had an interesting conversation with the program director of Helen Keller International in Nigeria. His name is Mr. Reed Wanawansoya. He said, I really like your ideas. It makes sense. And I'm going to bring you in to do one or two things. So we had a, a program with them. But I think that you need to talk to somebody. I saw her on LinkedIn. Her name is Chidi Cold Sweat. Google Cold Sweat. <laughs> I didn't do it. You know, a month down the line at their program, he said, did you reach out to her? I've read more about her. They do this Donuts for Africa thing. They will help you put structure to this. So being the second time and being that I have, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I reached out to Chidi. When I went to her profile, the first thing I saw is, hmm, so you want to do good. <laughs> Wow. It's like a <laughs> like a rip, ripping off the bandage. Yes, <laughs> because that's where I was. Yes, you want to do good, but you don't have any clue 
what it entails. Mm. You know how it's supposed to be, and that's the whole um, the whole summary of um, wow. Um, trust the the. the conversation with Donuts for, uh, Donuts for Africa. So I reached out to Chidi <laughs> and it was like, uh, it, it, the first conversation was great, you know, and I said, oh, okay, so how do we take this thing further? I said, oh, we have an inner psychic effect. Seriously? <laughs> I said jokingly to Chidi, but she doesn't know I mean it in every sense. Um, Donuts for Africa is for trust. What navigation is for the airline industry? Mm. Um, reason being that it's been, um, I, I think we spoke in May, yeah. and so it's been seven, eight odd months. months yeah. yeah, but it's been, so our direction changed. We had to redo our strategy, mission, vision, the whole works. It was like starting from scratch. Mm. And then when you think you're there and you're all done, she goes to you, so what's your board like? And then she puts, there's a method to the madness with Chidi. Mm. You can't just, uh, no, 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 you can't just. Yeah. And she will listen to you, she will hear you out, you have the good conversation, and then she will bring you back to the beginning. Have you thought it through? Do you think that um, the people you have, you're thinking about, will they bring value to the board? It's not about having their names on the The names, board. yes. Yeah, exactly. It's about the value they bring to the table. And it's not monetary value. In fact, she educated me. She said she doesn't want monetary board members on the board. She wants people that will actually give advice, mm. value mm. in terms of learning, direction. Direction. Thank you. Direction. You know, and that's, is, you can't quantify the value of that. You know, so these are some of the things I learned from Chidi. She talks about monitoring and evaluation. Oh my God. Um, we're doing the course. I feel the first one. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so interesting that I asked Chidi at the end of last year. I said, okay, Chidi, so we've graduated from Inner Cycle class. I said, can we um, have a carryover? Can we repeat the course? <laughs> the course? <laughs> <laughs> and she said, okay, so there's um, the second course for those of us who have done the first course and we're, we already started this day again. And it's another marathon. So we're having the non-profit strategy session again on Friday. Mm. It, it's a whole... You, you're thinking about it. You you want to add value, but the question you're not asking yourself, do I really want to go there? Mm -hmm. It's a lot of work. <laughs> do I Am I committed? You know, I've been asking myself that, and the answer is yes. I want to continue. I'm totally committed. Trust and Parent Foundation is a, a woman and child focused organization. What we do basically is say... Um, we want to make children, uh, women be the best they can be mm. wherever they are, whether it be career or professional lives. And how do we make this happen? We want to uh, make sure that they have the applicable knowledge, the relevant network, the website platforms, make it happen for them. And then um, basically, and then also make sure that as children grow, so not just the girl child, but also the, the main ch male child, that they are able to reach the peak of whatever it is that they put their mind to. They're asking themselves, what problem do I want to solve now? You know, um, and then right now, not waiting for the future, you know, as they grow up, as they're going to school, making sure that whatever it is that they, they, they do, they know how to do, they do make the most of it. One of the ways we do this is, um, again, coming from my experience, how to help women get into the spaces where they should be, is our Women Driver Initiative. What do we do? We're trying to get women to drive, literally drive cars. Mm. We, we're in an environment where, if you look on the roads today, you see quite the same number of women and men driving cars, mm -hmm. personally. Mm -hmm. But when you go into the commercial space, mm. you don't see women driving as much as men. Mm -hmm. That's true. School buses are driven by men. Mm -hmm. Even female school buses, girls' school buses. Official cars, the mobiles, the chevrons of this world, they all have men. Male drive, drivers. Male drivers. Where are the women? An average nine in Nigeria, if she's paid 40,000, she's high end. Mm -hmm. 50 is actually up there. An average driver is starting amount to be 50,000 naira. Mm -hmm. Start, starting. So it's the earning parity here, you know, having going into the rules where you can earn better economic um, empowerment. Empowerment, yeah. So we believe that if we can get women to drive, train them, give them the, um, to the, um, train them, give them driver's licenses, mm -hmm. help them to drive, um, learn to drive and build confidence, and then 
remove the stigma around a, a woman you're driving a bus. Mm. Lagos State Government is doing quite a lot of work there. Mm. You know, re remove the stigma around that, then we can get women more so, uh, economically empowered. Mm -hmm. But beyond driving, that, that's just a microcosm for what we want to do. We want to get women more into gender stereotype roles. Mm. So I don't get, I'm not the only um, um, lady in the boardroom speaking, yeah, speaking about um, things where a lot of men are sitting. At last meet, uh, um, recently I had the MD of Siemens say that she used to be in a room where there are a lot of men, a lot of men, you know, and then her voice, she she had to learn to speak up, um, basically make sense when she speaks, not wait to be asked to speak, but add value when she needs to add value. It's just working twice as much as the male counterparts. Yes, and asking for a seat on the table. Wow. By making your, improving yourself. So we just create a platform to do that. Azuka, we need to bring you back on the third sector to speak <laughs> extensively oh, yes. about the Trust Foundation and Thank the you. programs that you're running. Mm -hmm. Now, because we're almost out of time, very quickly, um, Chidi, like Azuka mentioned, and I am putting myself on that uh, table right now, mm -hmm. for non-profit practitioners and, you know, players in the space that want to glean from your wealth of experience and have this structure that you spoke about, are there any openings, opportunities, classes that you run that we can take advantage of? Okay, yes. Um, we have quite a few classes. Uh, we have our Inner Circle membership, which is for a period of six months. It's more direct, it's more technical, it's more focused on the organization itself. Uh, we also have just a one-off session, a non-profit strategy session, where we'll take you through what you need to be aware of and how you need to implement your work. And then we have um, a five-week crash program as well. I call it a crash program because there are some people who don't need a six-month journey. They just want to do this to get what they want. As quickly as they can. As quickly as they can. We have the five-week program um, available for them. It's also for non-profit professionals, people who mm. are building a career in mm. the non-profit sector. Mm. Yes, you don't run a non-profit, but you want to build a career in the sector. Those are some of the things that we, we, we also... Okay, great. With. Now, how can we reach out to you? We are extremely active on Instagram. Um, it's Donors for Africa Foundation. Donors for Africa, sorry, on Instagram. Can you spell that? Yeah, so it's D-O-N-O-R-S Donors, D-O-N-O-R-S for Africa F-O-R- a-F-R-I-C-A So Donors for Africa on Instagram. Send us a DM and we'll, someone will respond to you ASAP. Alright, is there like a phone contact or website um, where people can reach out to you? So for the phone contact, you can call 080 I'll take it again. 080 2060. And for those of you calling from outside Nigeria, you just need to include the country code plus 234. Yes. Can you just take the number again with the country code? So plus 234 um, 2060. Wow. I just feel like the show is about to start. Uh, this has been a very <laughs> interesting conversation <laughs> and I know there's so going to be a sequel Thank you. to this. Thank, Thank you, you so much, um, Chidi and Azuka, for being on the show today. And Azuka, that's a promise. We have to bring you back yes. to talk you. about your programs. <laughs> thank you. And thank you, listeners, for being a part of the show today. Don't forget to join me again on the next edition of The Third Sector on Africa Business Radio. You can actually hook up with us on Instagram at Africa Business Radio or for the to listen to the podcast of this and other editions of the third sector, log on to www.africabusinessradio.com. You can also follow me on my personal Instagram handle at kemak.o. That's at K E M A K. O. It's been a pleasure having you on today's edition of The Third Sector. I'll be back again on Thursday, same time, same place. See you then, and until then, be good and God bless you.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.